You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Welcome to those who are watching online. We wish you could be here, but we don't have seats for you anyway, so you're best off just being comfortable there. Glad you could make it. Uh, Grab your Bibles if you would. We're turning over to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 19. By the way, of uh, Hebrews 6. So uh, let me just just remind you of a couple of things. Um, Men especially, because we're notorious for this. uh, Tomorrow is a very special day. If this comes as a shock to you, you're already in trouble or you're single or you're single again. And maybe you don't know why. (laughs) But we're we're gonna help you. Uh, But just in case you forgot, we do have Valentine's Day cards, not only in the men's restroom, but in the women's restroom. So if you're thinking, I wish that I would have thought about that, I would have gotten a card. We got you covered, boo-boo. It's our special gift to you, just in case you forgot. So anyways, that's our, that's our gift to you. Uh, let's go into, uh, let's continue with this series called Anchored. Somebody say Anchored. This comes out of Hebrews 6, where the writer says, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. I want to ask you, when it comes to your anchors, what are the things in your life that you know to be true? The things that you know you can hang on to when life gets hectic. Hang on to those answers in your own mind because we're, as we're looking at this, I want to specifically apply this to marriage, to our relationships because 50% of the people in this room either have been divorced uh, or going to be divorced. I'm sorry. If we don't understand what we're supposed to be anchoring our marriage to. We foolishly believe that divorce doesn't happen to us because we're smarter than everybody else. No, you're not. (laughs) So I want to talk uh, specifically about what it means to have an anchor in our marriage. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 19 as Jesus deals with a very sore subject that's still controversial to this day. He deals with divorce. And so as we're looking at this, I want you to see exactly what happens and what he says and what he does not say so that we can have clarity And what Jesus means when he talks about what marriage is supposed to look like. So in Matthew 19, it tells us this, starting in verse 3. Some Pharisees came up to Jesus to test him. They said, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Jesus says, haven't you read that at the beginning the the creator made them male and female? And he said, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Somebody say, one flesh. flesh. The two become one. He said, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. And they said, wait, then why did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, wait a minute, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because why? Your hearts were hard. He said, divorce came not because God commanded you to get a divorce when you wanted to, but said divorce came because your hearts were hard. You wouldn't listen. You wouldn't bend. You couldn't love. Divorce came because of us. Don't put this back on God. He said, this is about you. Your hearts were hard. He said, but it wasn't that way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. The disciple said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, it's better not to marry. And Jesus said, well, not everybody can accept that word, but only to those to whom it has been given. And for those of us that had to walk through the pain of divorce, and I'm one of those 
There's no condemnation in this place. Let me just tell you, there are a lot of people that have had to walk through some extremely tough times in marriage. The good news is there is hope for marriage. Jesus speaks very clearly about what to hang on to when life gets hard, when your marriage gets attacked, when your relationships go through storms and you're gonna have them. So what do we anchor ourselves to when life gets tough? What do we anchor ourselves to when marriages get rocky. So this is not just going to be um, uh, me speaking by myself today because I think it would be important if you didn't just hear it from my perspective, but from the smartest woman in the room. So please help me welcome Tina Ingram, my wife, as she comes to speak with us today. Good morning, everybody. We're gonna have some fun if that's okay. So my wife's gonna join us. We're gonna talk about some practical things that we have applied to our marriage uh, to keep me from making the same mistakes I made in my first one, to keep us from burning down our relationship, to keep us healthy. One of the reasons why you're probably here today is because you felt, whether you know it or not, the health that's in this place. That health only comes if this is healthy. There is nothing that we can build this church upon or give you if this isn't healthy. So it's extremely important that I keep this right, that she keeps this right, that we work together, the hard work that it takes to stay married. There's some things that you want to say before we get into the marriage stuff, just to singles, but. Yes, well, I wanted to tell you guys, those that are single or single again, mm-hmm. um, that there's absolutely no shame in that. Marriage is not your salvation, it's, and it's not God's greatest hope for us. Uh, you are a complete person by yourself, so. Um, just be strong in that and grab what you can for your own personal relationships through this message. Right, God never promises us that you're gonna be married. Now, I know some of you, like you, you wish that was the case. That's, that's not in here. You won't see that. But Jesus makes it very clear that not everybody is supposed to be married, and that's okay. There are some people that say, look, it's better for a man not to marry. <laughs> and some of you are like, I wish somebody would have told me that a long time ago. <laughs> We're gonna help you. We're gonna help you. We wanna give you today three anchors in marriage. If you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down. These are extremely important, but these are the things that not only uh, do we see in God's word, but we've applied it to our own marriage to make something uh, very, very healthy. And the first anchor that we wanna give you is that we have anchored, according to even what Jesus says, we anchor in God's word. That's right. God's word has the final authority between us. We don't weaponize it. We don't use it against each other. Um, But whenever you're going through a storm, you go to God's word and you ask God to change you. Yes. You pray about what's going on in your heart. And then as God changes you and molds you into who he wants you to be, um, you can watch him do miracles in your own family, in your own marriage. Excellent. I love that Jesus, when it says they came, to, they came to Jesus to test him, Jesus says, haven't you read? Haven't you read? Well, in other words, uh, you, you've seen the scripture, but now you're trying to find loopholes. Now you're trying to find, uh, uh, what does this really mean? He's like, you should understand this word. It's pretty clear. And so Jesus brings clarity to man's indecision. Jesus brings clarity to what marriage is supposed to be. Jesus brings clarity to the theological debate of today. And what, what happens as, as you're seeing this is that there are, there are two different things going on, two schools of thought, two different rabbis in Jesus' time. One is extremely legalistic and one is extremely liberal. Very much like today. So there is no such thing as divorce. You should never, ever, 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 ever do this. And the other side says, you should always get divorced. <laughs> as soon as she makes you upset, she burns your toast, get a new one. 
There's plenty of fish in the sea. And we still, th- we still see the same thing happening today. There is no case where divorce is ever necessary. That is not what Jesus said. That's right. He says, your hearts were hard. There was, no, there was no choice left. And just know this before we go any farther. There are some situations where the only course of action is to get as far away from that person as humanly possible because your life is in danger. And we've had to, you have to understand that there are, there are some people that just are having a bad day, some people that have a, a, a bad history, some people that just don't get along personality-wise. That's one thing. We can work through that. But there are other people that are evil. And they're looking to end your life. Yeah. And we need to be very, very careful when you draw hard lines in the sand saying, oh, you just got to find a way to make it, make it work out. Be in counseling. It's like, no, nah, you need lawyers, guns, and police officers <laughs> to make sure that you're... Anybody ever been there? Come on. There's some times where you're like, okay, this, I, I have to change my name. Like, this is different. So as Jesus is talking about what it, what it looks like to have a healthy marriage, he refers back to the authority and the truth of God's word. What does God's word say? And as my wife just expressed, we don't use God's word to say, you better do what God's word says. We say, I'm gonna do what God's word says and trust that God can change human hearts. God can change the outcome. God can change my spouse. But first, I'm gonna ask him to change me. Does this make sense? God's word has the final authority. And so Jesus uh, brings clarity to this complicated situation that these rabbis, these Pharisees are asking him. And he does that by referring back to Deuteronomy 24, verse one. They they asked him, well, why did did Moses command us to do this? And Jesus says, wait a minute, no, no, no. There's a big difference between Moses commanded and Moses permitted. That's extremely important. I want you to notice what they say versus what Jesus says. You, you, you're, reading, you're reading God's word and you're putting your own spin on it. And none of, Moses permitted. So look at this, verse one. It says, when a man takes a wife and marries her and it happens that she finds no favor in his eyes because she is, he has found some kind of uncleanness in her, he writes her a certificate of divorce. Well, you can get really, really liberal with that if you want to. You can be very devaluing of women and this is exactly what's happening. Well, she, she doesn't find favor in my eyes. She has morning breath, so I'm gonna find a new one. Like, dude, calm down. But Jesus clarifies that the word uncleanness means sexual sin. He brings clarity to complicated things. That's right. God's word always brings um, clarity to complicated marriages and issues that you are having um, any time Anytime that you're having a storm, go to God's word first. Yeah, and which relationship doesn't have complicated things, right? That's a good point. You ever see people on uh, Facebook that say on their relationship status, it's complicated? They're all complicated. (laughs) What you're meaning is that that person's still married and you're trying not to, (laughs) I'm sorry. But that's what normally happens. Or you see the people with the joint Facebook account, you're like, somebody cheated. (laughs) Am I wrong? Is this not a proven thing? Is this... Like, oh, we have it together, Facebook. There's a reason why people do that, and it's never good. Let me just say, there's hope for you. Some of you are like, we probably should get into it. It's okay, there's hope for you. But it shows a lack of trust. Somewhere there's trust has been broken, and we're trying, we're trying to find a different way to fix it. That's right. So what does God's word say about how to put trust back together, how to put a marriage back together? We anchor our marriage in the truth of God's word. Here's the second thing that we see. We anchor in the right approach. Somebody say the right approach. So there are things that we did at the beginning of our marriage, the way that we approached marriage that helped to make the difference between one that ended in divorce and one that has been going strong for a long time. What are some things that we did? 
Well, whenever we, one thing about society today is marriage is just kind of casual. Yeah. It's entered into um, because it's a tax break or it's, you know, convenient. whatever convenient yeah. for whatever reason. And, um, but in the word, I mean, it's a covenant. It's, it's, it's a holy you, thing. It's between you, your spouse and God. It's something that's not meant to be broken. And so whenever we decided that we were ready to take the next step, we took three days mm -hmm. apart from each other and fasted and prayed so that we could get a word about what God wanted us to do. Right. Because we didn't want to, we didn't want to be, um, sorry, we didn't want to be, we didn't want to be alone Sorry. or without a word in the middle of a storm. That's it. Once you have a word from God, you can, you can come back to your storm and say, look, I know that God told me something. I know that God gave me this word. I know that God put us together. I know that when we fasted and prayed, God was very, very clear. And so whatever this storm may bring out at us, we can have You always security. have, yeah, you always have that word to hold on to throughout every storm, throughout everything. I know that God brought us together and we, that we have the word right. that this is, this is it. And those Pharisees came to Jesus looking for loopholes. They came looking for ways out. They came looking for, okay, but this says this, but this says this, what do you say? And it's very similar to the trap that they set for John the Baptist. When John the Baptist gets clear about which side he belongs on and then all of a sudden he ends up losing his head. Jesus is like, I'm not walking into that same trap. I'm gonna bring some clarity and show you exactly how it was from the beginning. We have the right approach to marriage. It's the authority of God's word and understanding that if God has given me a word, then I can bank on that word. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Because storms are gonna come. What is your marriage banked on? That's right. As we keep on going, I wanna give you the third thing. Uh, we anchor in unity. That's unity is right. a big deal. We're doing whatever we have to do, it's a struggle to make sure that we're constantly on the same page, but we will fight for unity. Well, unity is one of those things that's super practical to be able to move forward together in unity. Something that you have to fight for and work for, but it is something that's pretty easy to um, move forward in. So one thing that we do is uh, schedule date nights, um, hopefully once a week, sometimes every other week, but those uh, do not, ha we have had seasons where we haven't had a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes those big pot of spaghetti after the kids go to bed and go out and sit on the back porch and just talk about our day or right. talk about our dreams or watch well, a movie together. You don't have to together. have money to have date nights. That's no. not true. No. And let me just tell you one thing that he did for me one time uh -oh. is he, <laughs> he took me to see Downton Abbey. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's because I love you. I know. I am a huge, huge fan of Downton Abbey. And one time he surprised me and took me and let me tell you, it's not because he loves Downton Abbey. Aww. It's because yeah, he true. really, really does love me. <laughs> right. Um, but it's also a date night that I will always remember because he surprised me and definitely put um, me above what he wanted. So. Right. It's a fight to find common ground. And I tell people all, all, all the time um, when marriages are struggling, like you can, you can be right or you can stay married, but the chances of you doing both are slim to none. I also, um, I said this in first service, I thought it would be good to share with you, but it's impossible to build a strong marriage when all you're building on is strong opinions. So when you understand that the purpose of this is not to be right, the purpose of this is to be unified. Mm -hmm. 
then you can let some things go. You know, it's easy for people to look at scripture and to cherry pick and say, yeah, look at this scripture that says the, the, that woman has to submit to her husband. But they will ignore Ephesians 5 that says we as believers are to submit to one another. It's That's mutual right. submission that brings unity in a marriage. That's that means right. I don't have to always win. I don't have to always watch what I want to watch. But the goal here is to be unified. Mm-hmm. To be unified. And that takes a fight. As a matter of fact, it's the only fight where you win by losing. By laying down. By saying, you know what? I, I want to, as the scriptures say, prefer you in love. You know, the number one reason why people are constantly looking for a way out of marriage is selfishness. It's all about you. Because we foolishly believe that marriage exists to make me happy. God ordained marriage, created it from the beginning so that we would be in relationship with him and with each other. That's why Jesus says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and, and cling, be united in one flesh to his wife. And notice this, that I've never seen this before until you think about it in scripture, but when, when Jesus says this is the, the, that's not the way it was from the beginning where you could just divorce your spouse for any and every reason. No, he said, as a matter of fact, in the beginning, God created the male and female. There was one. He doesn't say males and females. He says, it's Adam and Eve, it's one. So not only does God not make room for divorce, he makes it impossible because <laughs> there's nobody else on the planet, right? <laughs> but Jesus says, for this reason, because God put one man and one woman together Mm-hmm. to live together in mutual harmony in relationship with him throughout their entire lifetime. For this reason, God says, you're able to look at this and go back to the original purpose and find that the, the whole point of this is to be unified together, to be in unity with the Lord, be in unity with each other. It takes a fight to be unified with the Lord. It's a fight with my flesh because I want my way. There's a reason why a lot of people leave church, leave, church, leave their relationship with God because we want our way. We don't want anyone telling us what to do. That's why right. in the world would it be any different in marriage? Mm-hmm. We are to prefer one another in love, to submit to one another, scripture says, out of reverence for Christ. So because I love him who is perfect, I can love someone that's not perfect, perfectly. And because she loves Christ who is perfect, she can love someone that's not perfect, perfectly. So the anchor in the time of, of, of whatever storm that you might be looking at or walking through now or about to walk through is unity. Am I unified with what God has said? Yeah. Are we walking in unity together? Mm-hmm. There are some practical points, whether you're single or single again, whether you're married or not married, um, whether you're hoping to get married at some point, you're hoping that somebody will even ask you out. There are some things that would help you uh, to find God's heart for your marriage. That's a little funnier than you were laughing at. It's okay. <laughs> some of you are like, it's true. That's not funny. It's true. I'm hoping someone will ask me out sometime before I'm 40. Let us help you. We're going to help you. Here's some practical things. Number one, we want you to get in a group. Yes. Groups are where you find community. Whether you are single or single again or married and you need girlfriends or guy friends, we've got all kinds of groups and that's where you find community. You find your friends, you find your people, the people that you wanna walk through life with, the people that are there for you when you are going through a storm. You'll see that um, even in in our culture, people will naturally group, they do it in bars, they do it in restaurants, Mm -hmm. they do it at the Longview Arts Center, they do it in different places all over town. People are grouping, but I'll be grouping for the right reasons for something that will actually help us I'll just bring us a little bit of, of, of relief from our daily life. 
There's more to groups than just that. It can help you. Another thing that, that we've done is, is our prayer together. Yeah. And I wanna challenge each of us to, to think about what your prayer life looks like within your marriage. Well, every night we, um, he will go, I am definitely a morning person. Oh, and so I go to bed a little earlier. 5 a.m. is not godly, that's weird. <laughs> Um, I will go to bed a little earlier than he does, but no matter what he's doing, he shuts it down and comes to bed with me. Mm-hmm. And we pray together before I go to sleep. He puts in his little headphones and he watches TikTok or a movie, a movie, Facebook. Yeah, whatever it is that he's doing, just to until he's ready to go to bed, right. Re- reads, whatever he's doing. And we see a lot of couples will say like, hey, I'm a night owl and she's a morning person, so we don't go to bed at the same time. Uh, don't do that. We always go to bed at the same time. Whether I'm gonna stay up for another two or three hours, I'm gonna be in bed so that I'm not tempted to sin. We don't want to be separate from each other, especially at night. That's not a, that's not a good thing for either of us. Um, I don't travel alone. There's always someone that comes with me. If she can, if she's able to travel, we always travel together or I'll bring somebody with me that can hold me accountable. But we, uh, the Bible is very clear that we make no provision for the flesh. Mm-hmm. So I don't even put myself in a position so that this can become a, a huge stumbling block, not only for me, but for uh, my marriage and for my family, for our church. Lots of pastors that are much smarter than me have done really dumb things by believing that they are above sin. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna make that mistake, not in the same way. No, no, no. Uh, so we make no provision for those things. So we pray together every single night, even though I'm a night owl, she's a morning person, we go to bed at the same time. Um, I can stay up later, but I'm in bed. I'm next to her. Does this make sense? So we pray together. Um, we also read every single day. The, the word of God is an important part of our life. Um, I start my mornings with, with worship and with prayer. Um, she starts her morning before the sun comes up. That's weird. But... <laughs> It works for her. There's a quiet time that's a personal thing, but every single day we end up, uh, after we pray or before we pray, we'll finish the evening with, with God's word. Um, that way, no matter what happened during the day, we can still end it in the presence of God. That's right. So that it doesn't affect tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that really is our hope um, for you as a couple is to recognize that, hey, there is no such thing as a perfect marriage, but there is a perfect God that wants to be a part of our marriage. That's and we're right. not strong enough to fix this on our own. We have to rely on the authority of God's word. That's right. Did you, did you say I, the, when you pray together, uh, make sure that you're praying out loud yeah. together. I don't know if you said that. Yeah, that is something that yeah. people say. Oh yeah, we pray all the time. Like out loud, uh, not so much. I pray out loud over each other. He always starts and prays over me. Um, and and it, it doesn't have to be a 15 or 20 minute prayer. Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> it's usually two or three minutes for us before we go to bed, but it focuses our mind on God and also it just brings God into your marriage and it's, it really is an amazing way to end your day. Something else that we've applied, and we'll, we'll finish with this. Um, this is something that we learned in our premarital counseling and by the way, I encourage everybody to either do premarital counseling or to do marital counseling. That doesn't mean that your marriage is sick. Let's normalize that. We all need help. There's no such thing as a perfect marriage. It doesn't exist. We all need help. It's even better to get marital counseling while it's healthy. Because sometimes if you wait until you're walking through a storm, it's too late. It's too late. Your hearts are already hardened. You already have your strong opinion built up and there's nothing that anybody can do to help you. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to get some help. We can can all use help. One of the things that we learned uh, from from premarital counseling, which was with our pastor at the time, by the way, and he talked about our intimacy. And if you think things can get awkward, have a talk about your intimacy with your senior pastor trying to explain things to you and you're like, oh, 
We so awkward. <laughs> blushing and like it takes a lot to make me blush, but uh, but we found in this that um, that when we approached it with an open mind and, and looked at our intimacy according to God's word, there's a lot of things that we had believed that were just wrong, wrong, and we had foolishly built um, these things into our life. And so premarital helped to get rid of a lot of that stuff and approach our marriage with purity, mm-hmm. with purity. So one of the things that we learned um, from then was we never say no to intimacy that my body doesn't belong to me anymore. Once I come underneath the authority of God's scripture that says you are to leave your father and mother and be united in one flesh to your wife, that means that her body belongs to me, my body belongs to her, and I trust her with that, she trusts me with that. We don't say no to intimacy. So it's whatever she wants, as much as she wants, or as little as she wants, anytime she wants it, and I get the same. Some of you are like, dear God, this is great. But that's how it's supposed to be. See, we foolishly walk into marriages because we've had this, uh, this crazy idea that sex was something that's supposed to be um, um, shameful and dirty and wrong because we were screwed up when we were kids and we had this crazy idea and your uncles said this and your friends said that and the locker rooms did this. And so there's this weird tingling thing that happens when you do anything that's wrong and you equate that with intimacy and sex. And when the two come together like that, you have a recipe for a bomb. God never intended it for it to include things like bitterness and shame so that we have to trick it up to make it exciting. Right. He meant it to be a blessing for each of us. That's right. It takes away the rejection, the fear of rejection is what That's it takes away. Yeah. And so especially if you're coming out of another marriage or just another relationship, um, it just, it takes that away. You right. never have to fear that this person is gonna say no. Yeah. Or, and the other thing that we've seen with a lot of unhealthy marriages is they'll take sex and intimacy as something that they'll either weaponize it or withhold. And, I, and let me just say, let me just be very, very clear. I think both of those things, when you use sex as, as something that you weaponize or withhold, it becomes demonic. It becomes a recipe for the disaster in your marriage. It's a blessing to be enjoyed within the purity confines of one man, one woman, underneath the covenant, to be done, uh, to be done, in, in private, but something that celebrates the blessing of God uh, in your relationship with him. It's a good thing. It's a powerful thing. And so that's the reason why we don't cheapen marriage, marriage with things like, let's just go to the justice of the peace or let's just a piece of paper. Uh, no, no, no. We do this out in public, in front of our family and friends, in a church, with a pastor, with premarital. Why? Because there's no shame or bitterness. We're gonna do this publicly yeah. to say that this, this, I choose her. She chooses me. And we're not ashamed of it. It's a good thing. We want, we want this to be a celebration. And our intimacy continues that, where this is a celebration of what God is doing in our marriage, not something that uh, gets weird, that we've got to mess it all up to feel some sense of excitement that was, that was something that was planted in us when we were young. Uh, take away that fear of rejection. That's a big deal to us. And I hope that you've gotten something out of that. But we wanna, we wanna challenge you. If you're not in a group, get in a group. You need to be around some healthy marriages or take your healthy marriage and get into a group. They need to be around you. That's right. <laughs> but we want you in a place where you see that other people are not okay and we're getting help. Mm-hmm. Some other people are okay and they're here to help you. Mm-hmm. But get into a group. We wanna challenge you. If you've never prayed together as a couple out loud, this is a great way for you to start. Yes. If you're in a place where, uh, where you need some help in, in, in your marriage, don't be afraid to get some counseling. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. There are, uh, there are some great counselors in this city 
And it's perfectly normal to say we're going to get some help or we're going to get better. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. But don't sit here and foolishly believe that you can do things outside of the authority of God's word and make it somehow work. You end up with the same things that everybody else has. Mm-hmm. There's a better way. Anything I missed? No. You did such a good job. Will you tell Miss Tina thank you for helping me today? It was fun. We're going to finish up by uh, doing a couple things by inviting you to pray. Would you bow your head and and close your eyes? I want us to invite you, if you are here with, um, with your spouse, if you're here with a significant other, um, would you just reach over and grab their hand? I think for some people in this place, it's, uh, It's been a while since you've done that. And I want you to know that right now in the presence of God, there's no condemnation. Mm -hmm. There's no shame. There's simply a fresh start. And I want to invite you to have a moment with your father where you let him speak to you about your relationship. For some of us, it's the best it's ever been. For others, it is worse than we ever imagined. God wants to help you, and it's okay. This is a safe place to take a step towards health. For others in this place, hey, you're single or you're single again, I think the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you too. I want to invite you in the next few moments to simply say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And don't say things like, Lord, fix my spouse. Say, Lord, fix me. Fix me. For others in this place, it's time to pray for somebody that hurt you. You're in a relationship with someone that deeply wounded you or you're in a relationship at some point where you deeply wounded that person. There's nothing quite as damaging as what we can do to each other. And when emotions and love and our hearts are involved, it's easy for our hearts to get hardened. The Bible says that God will put a new heart in you, a heart of flesh, and trade it out for that heart of stone. And I think that's our prayer today, that God would change our hearts towards him, towards each other. Let's pray together. Sweetheart, would you lead us in prayer? Sure. Father, I pray for each person here. I pray for every couple, God, that you would give them the courage to believe the best in each other. I pray that you would help them to walk forward and to strive for intimacy within their marriage, Lord. Good. I pray for um, just each person here that they would have a, that they would have a, a week filled with your love and your peace. Good. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to speak to anyone in this place that does not have a relationship with Jesus. Perhaps you're here today and you're saying, I I don't know what happens at the end of my life. I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. I'm not sure if I really have a relationship with God. But I'd like to have one. Maybe you're watching online today and you're saying, look, I, I need to take a step towards Jesus. Let me help you. 
just like somebody helped me one time. You may say, how do I, how do, I do that? I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll tell you what to say. I'll pause at the end of each phrase to give you a chance to say it with me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. It doesn't matter how you say it. The most important thing is that you believe it. It's the prayer of faith. It's a step towards the Lord. So if that's you today and you want a relationship with Jesus, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I want to help you. Pray this prayer with me right where you are. Pray with me. Just say this. Say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you came, you died, you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for every one of my mistakes. I invite you to come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Take over. Now say this, my friend. Say, Jesus, I don't want to live my, my life my way anymore. I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you and you say, Pastor, I did that. I prayed that prayer with you. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I did it. Nobody's looking at you. You're not looking at anybody else. Would you just slip your hand up and say, that was me. I prayed with you. Good. I prayed with you. That was me. I took a step. My friend, if that was you, I would love to encourage you with some things that would, that would help you understand what happened in your heart and what to do next. If you're watching online or if you're here in the room, the easiest way to do that is by text. If you'll text the words, I prayed, all, all, one, all one word, I-P-R-A-Y-E-D, if you'll text that to 844-HRC-TEXT, then I'll send you some things that will help you understand what happened in your heart and what to do next. Such a big deal. It's a huge honor and a privilege for me to help you take your next step towards the Lord. Good for you. All right, Hirish family, would you guys go ahead and look up at me and then stand to your feet if you would. It's been such an honor bringing God's word to you here today. I pray that this has strengthened you and encouraged you. And uh, even if you're single, if you're single again, if you're married, if you're hoping to get married, we believe that God's word still has powerful truths that can apply to any relationship. I have our elders and their wives are gonna come. They're gonna be right here at the front. They're gonna remain here as the service finishes to be available to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. We believe that if you pray, God will hear it. And we would love to show you how to do that and pray with you. For everyone else, I hope you have an amazing week. Let me pray for you as you go. Father, pray you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you all week long in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have a happy Valentine's Day. Don't forget to get your card if you need one. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.